0: Folks, I have gotta say, the college football playoff nailed it this year. At the moment, I look through the top 10, I almost have no disagreements. Today I was actually planning on kind of making my own top 10, but the more I looked at the playoffs, the more I actually just thought that they were absolutely spot on. So today, we're gonna kind of break this up into three parts. Number one, we're going to look at the top 10 we're going to analyze it and we're going to try to figure out why teams were put where they were and what teams have to do to kind of obviously raise their position or possibly drop. We're going to kind of do a little bit of analysis there. Second part of this is we're going to look at the championship week, see what can happen, how things can change and who I kind of see winning. And lastly, we are going to talk about some of the hires that have been made, or some of the possible firings about where people are going to be going. You're listening to Benchwarmers Club, starring little old me. Hope you enjoy. this playoff sort of standings that the committee's done the first thing you'll really notice is that there was not much change within the top five in fact it is almost identical the only difference is is that Ohio State's been dropped slightly so this is where the great debate comes and when we get to Ohio State and Clemson we will definitely argue about it we'll definitely kind of Talk about what's justified and what's not. But if we start at number one, Alabama is clearly the best team in the country. They, at the moment, are looking not that they're unbeatable, but that if you are going to beat Alabama, you are going to have to play perfect and they are going to have to play not perfect, which at the moment is going to be pretty difficult. The only thing that can really, in my mind, almost stop Alabama would be sadly an injury because that is how great this team is. They seem to not really have any weaknesses at the moment. Defense was definitely a question mark early in the year, especially when they were facing Old Miss. But they have definitely completely cleaned that up and they are looking like one of the top defenses in the country. The only one that you might be able to find that's much better than them is Georgia. And even Georgia's as of late hasn't looked as dominant as they did earlier in the year. Notre Dame at number two, I genuinely don't think that Notre Dame is the second best team in the country. I And this is coming from a person who's got a soft spot for Notre Dame, not necessarily a fan, but almost like an ally to Notre Dame, if that makes sense. My father's a big Notre Dame fan, so I've always grown up watching them. Uh, so I always do root for them. Notre Dame, though, has played their schedule as good as they could besides that Louisville game which I, in fact, did say that they might be secretly trash after that game, which was an awful take. Awful take. Notre Dame, the issue is sometimes they play down to their competition. That was just one of those games where they did not play up to the competition. They were playing down. So Notre Dame at number two, I think, makes sense. They deserve it. For example, they beat Clemson. It was overtime. And you can make the argument that Lawrence was gone. But let's be honest, that backup quarterback that game played just as good as Lawrence, if not in that moment, better. He put up absurd numbers. So I don't want to hear about that Clemson should be over Notre Dame. I don't know. I haven't heard that argument from many people. Is Clemson probably a better team overall? Absolutely. But in the contents of these rankings, this is the perfect spot for Notre Dame at number two at the moment. Even though if Alabama played Notre Dame... If that spread was under 10 points, I would probably bet on Alabama. Number three, the Clemson Tigers. Now, Clemson is a very tough team. They are kind of like Alabama in a sense. There's not a lot of holes in that team. And I think they are destined to face Alabama in the finals probably. But in terms of the rankings, this is perfectly placed because... I think Clemson has earned the right to say they are better than Ohio State due to the fact Ohio State has only played at the moment five games. Now you can say, you can argue what the value of those five games are and how Ohio State would probably crush Illinois, they'd probably crush these other teams. I refuse to subscribe to that notion. In fact, if I was a person running a committee and... I think I would have had to specify the minimum amount of games because I don't know if Ohio State should even technically qualify. So by the contents of what the committee seems to be looking for, Ohio State is number 4. But in my mind genuinely, if I I don't the, the committee obviously didn't have a rule on games played or else Ohio State wouldn't be here because let's be honest, they beat Indiana, a top 10 team at the time. Besides that, I don't really, I I don't know, five games is not, if you do an eyeball test is what I'm trying to say, you can clearly see that Ohio State is a top four team. I don't think I'd ever want to make that argument that they're not, but if you don't play enough games, I don't know if you really deserve it. Do you really deserve a shot at a playoff only playing five games with a conference that has definitely made some questionable rules with this year? I don't know. That's a very tough question. If I was the powers that be, like if I was a person voting in that committee room, uh, I personally, at the end of the day, if Ohio state can at least get two more games, I would put Texas A&M in, but at the current moment where we stand today, so where we stand right now, Ohio state being at number four, by what I'm hearing about the rules are with this committee, I understand why they're number four and I would personally put them number four. Unless there was some sort of rule that said games played. So I'm just saying, if Ohio State doesn't play two more games, I genuinely mean this. I don't think they deserve a spot in the title game because teams like Notre Dame have played 10 games and Alabama's played nine. I mean, it's just ridiculous. That's so many more opportunities for injury. Those are so many more games you can get tape on. It's just... It's not justified. That's what I'm saying, that an Ohio State team that let's say is only 6-0, gets into the playoff because they haven't had this tough road that some of these other teams have had. I'm sure Texas A&M, if they would have dodged that Alabama game and not played it somehow, I'm sure they'd be very happy looking at a 7-0 record. Like, let's just pretend they missed the Alabama game. I'm sure it's 7-0. Texas A&M, they're probably in the playoff. They just unfortunately had to play the behemoth Alabama. That's why, and I feel bad for OSU fans. They have a great fan base, but I just don't think it's fair, but that's going to be a problem in the future. Texas A&M at number five. Again, I agree with, they beat Florida head to head Texas A&M, although their ceiling is not very high, their floor is definitely very high. (laughs) Their worst is definitely not terrible, but their best is not going to blow you away. Texas A&M won't beat Alabama if they face in the first round of the playoff. In fact, Texas A&M probably doesn't beat Clemson or Notre Dame. But if we're going to be fair and we're going to look at the guidelines, number five is completely justified for Texas A&M, and they deserve to be a top five team. Number six, Florida, I agree with wholeheartedly as well, only because of the tiebreaker between Texas A&M and Florida. And to tell you the truth, The better Florida looks, the better Texas A&M looks. So Texas A&M needs Florida to keep looking good. Iowa State at number seven. This is where it gets a little tough. Iowa State lost to a group of five team. And this is where I start to almost... uh, This is where it becomes morally tough for me to say they're a top ten team. I don't know, it becomes difficult. But if we're gonna look at their record and we're gonna look at their standings, and especially if you look at their Big 12 play, how they beat Oklahoma, that's a big one. And how they beat Texas, the two best teams in the conference, you could argue. In fact at one point they beat a pretty decent Kansas State. I if I'm looking I don't like that they've lost to group of five team. I really don't like that, but at the end of the day, number 7 does seem right, especially because just below them is Cincinnati, and I would take an 8-2 Iowa State at number 7 over an 8-0 and o Cincinnati, because Iowa State has played a heck of a schedule. Not like the most difficult one in the world, but I assure you, and I'm going to get a lot of hate from the Cincinnati fan base. I'm just angering the state of Ohio today. Well, if anyone from Ohio listens, I don't know. I haven't looked through the analytics that deeply. But the state of Ohio, sorry, I'm I'm lost for a sec. All right, let me get back on track. You see, if Cincinnati played Ohio State, oh my goodness. If Cincinnati played Iowa State schedule, I assure you, I don't think they'd be a no. I think Oklahoma would probably beat them. And I think Texas would definitely give them a fight, maybe not beat them. That's why I'm just saying that 8-0 from Cincinnati is a little deceiving. Let's move on. So you already heard my thoughts on Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati at number 8 is fair. Georgia at number 9 hurts because Georgia is easily a top 5 team in the country. Especially with JT Daniels behind center. But they just have the two losses. So I cannot in any way say they're better than number 8. Sorry, number 9. The U at number 10 I think is a good pick. Their only loss was to a really good Clemson team. The U's playing fantastic at 8-1. Use a great team, and they definitely deserve to be ahead of Oklahoma at 7-2. An Oklahoma team that's just starting to find their stride. Uh, good team. Indiana 6-1. I mean, 6-1 Indiana. You can Everyone's saying that they deserve a shot at the title game. And the Big Ten wants to make money, so they're not going to let that happen. They're going to let it be Ohio State. So I feel for the Indiana fans, but if it's about money, we all know who's getting sent to that playoff. A chance to make the playoff. Coastal Carolina at 10-0. and 0, I think is a really good pick. Especially at number 13. I wouldn't put them necessarily above Indiana. But if this is the end of Indiana's kind of season. I don't know who, if they're playing this week. I know Coastal Carolina plays this week. Indiana plays this week. Coastal Carolina wins the championship. I mean they're definitely going to get catapulted to number 10 or 9. But I mean at the moment I think that's fine. Northwestern number 14. I mean, I tend to be very hard on the teams I cheer for. So I'm going to do my best to stay neutral on this one. If I didn't... I, I I don't think Northwestern's a top 15 team. But I think Northwestern deserves their spot over USC and Iowa. So that's why I'm going to keep them in the top 15. So let's just keep them there. And the uh, last thing I'm going to cover is USC. They're 4-0. Same issue as Ohio State. I don't know if they really deserve to be 4-0 but whatever so looking at the top 10 I guess the only one I kind of question is I don't question any of the picks I think they're all good picks I think they're all good business moves too the only one that I guess I'm kind of shaky on is whether or not Ohio State really has merit to being in the playoffs and also whether or not Iowa State with the group of five loss I guess if I feel good about putting them in a top 10 but I don't disagree with anything the committee does. And again, if I was making my own list and I was given the same guidelines as them, I would probably come up with this top 10 as well. Iowa State would definitely make me a little bit uneasy, but I would probably come up with this top 10. So now, this is kind of the next part of the episode. Let's sort of look into what the championship week is going to look like. And we already have some spreads on these games. So I guess we can also look at the spreads. I'm not going to tell you who to bet for, Because betting makes me stressed. I'm not necessarily going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you if I like the line or not. Because we do have a few lines at the moment. So, Ohio State is going to be facing Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship game. At the moment, this is what it's going to be. I doubt any changes are going to be made. And Ohio State is favored right now by 21. I don't know... If I like that number, 21 seems a little high, especially against a really good defense like Northwestern. But if you're in the Ohio State camp, all you got to say is look at that Michigan State game and I will shut up right away. I will not argue with you. The fact Northwestern looks so bad against Michigan State definitely is cause for concern and could definitely, I mean, make me a believer that 21 points is maybe too many. But more than a three-touchdown game against a good defense is something I just won't bet on. Northwestern's not going to win this game. We don't have the offense. And by we, I mean they. I'm not part of that organization. Northwestern just doesn't have the offense to kind of make a run. And uh, as good as Ramsey's, Northwestern's quarterback, has been, he throws way too many picks. And he, did, he seems not to be very clutch. Where, on the contrary, Justin Fields is very clutch and very good. So... That one, I don't think Ohio State's gonna have any trouble either, to tell you the truth. Again, I don't know if they're gonna win by more than three touchdowns as the spread indicates, but they're definitely, I think, gonna be more comfortable than people think. Because this is a game easily where 14 nothing on Northwestern becomes twenty eight nothing. That's my only That's my only thing. That's the only way that you know what I mean? Like if Northwestern gets no offense going, I could see Ohio State going over three touchdowns, but with that good defense, I that's a tough bet. Tough bet. So I guess I'd go under if I had to give you an answer. We got Clemson at Notre Dame. And, I mean, this is going to be fireworks. Clemson's got everything to lose. Notre Dame has a bit to lose. I think they could get kind of put out of the playoff if they get crushed by Clemson. But I think Brian Kelly's a good coach. And I think, actually, this is a very winnable game. Clemson is favored by 10, which definitely surprises me. I didn't think this one was going to be that high, actually. This is just me getting a genuine reaction right now. I have not prepped at all for this. Uh, I mean, this is another over that I think is overreaching a little bit. So you think Clemson is basically going to win by two touchdowns, is what you're telling me. What you're saying is they got to win more by 10. So you think Clemson's a two-touchdown favorite? Uh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I think Notre Dame plays this game tough. Notre Dame woke up for Clemson. I think they're going to wake up again. Would I say Notre Dame straight up wins this game? I think they can. Am I going to give you my word they're going to win? No. No. Would I say bet the under? Yeah, I would say bet the under. That'd be my guess. I don't think Clemson wins this one by more than 10. And they're definitely not winning by two touchdowns. So, (sighs) And here's the thing too, Notre Dame's got to keep this game close in order to keep their playoff hopes alive. So they're not going to lose big. But let me tell you something, early in this game, if Notre Dame's rolling like they were last time and they aren't making too many mistakes and Ian Book is doing what he's got to do, I'm not putting it past Notre Dame to beat Clemson again. I am not putting it past them and that's why I'm saying bet the under because I think Notre Dame could win this game. Again, they wake up. Another championship game that is going to be fireworks, considering I think Coastal Carolina has already clinched, and so has uh, Louisiana Lafayette, but either way, I don't know if this one's like official official, I don't want to make something up, but let me just put it this way, Louisiana Lafayette is a very good team, they're led by Billy Napier, a very good coach who South Carolina decided not to get, but we'll get into that, and who knows if he even wanted to leave, but... Coastal Carolina, I'm not even seeing a betting line on this game at the moment. So obviously, people are still trying to come up with spreads. The first time these two teams played, though, it was definitely fireworks, where uh, Coastal Carolina won 30-27. to Both these teams, it sucks they got to play again. They're both really good. I don't know what the line's going to be. I feel like Coastal Carolina is going to be probably favored by, like, maybe four or five points would be my guess. I don't know. I think, though, Coastal Carolina wins this one straight up. I think Coastal Carolina probably wins by a solid touchdown. I think they've only improved since that last time they played. I think Louisiana Lafayette has looked a little more shaky. They still look like a good team, but they haven't looked as solid. And let's be honest, this triple option system from Coastal Carolina, even a not elite defense, but a definitely almost Power 5-esque BYU defense, which I'm not calling BYU a Power 5 team because I don't really think they are, but their defense is definitely comparable to some of the lower tier Power 5 teams, at the very least, if we're going to look at it that way, where Coastal Carolina, they've just shredded defenses, and I think, once again, like last time, they are going to shred the Louisiana defense. Uh, This is going to be a tough game, though. It's going to be a brutal game. And if this spread is five points or less on Coastal Carolina, I would take it. Heck, even a six, I would be tempted to take. I don't know if I would, but again, because I don't really bet on most of these games, so I'm not telling you what to bet, but I'm saying I, I would str- I would just straight up bet Coastal Carolina wins this game. I think they are going to win. I think that uh, McCall also, he's playing as good a football as anyone in this country is playing at the moment. I think that championship is for Coastal Carolina. Which makes me sad because, I mean, at least another Carolina team can be doing good and not mine. Moving on, no salt. Oklahoma-Iowa State. Oklahoma-Iowa State is where another game where a team I'm not cheering for is favored. I mean, Oklahoma's favored by four and a half. versus, So it's number 11 Oklahoma at number 7 Iowa State. The first time these teams played, Iowa State won 37-30. Then again, there were some struggles on the Oklahoma side. Genuine reaction. I think I would bet on Oklahoma to win at 4.5. Not positive. I mean, don't take my word for it. I think this Oklahoma team's improved. I think it'll be really tough for Iowa State. And by the way, I am rooting hard for Iowa State to win this game. I'm just saying Oklahoma is probably going to win. So one of those issues where I don't want to kind of speak with my heart I want to kind of look at this game with my head where Oklahoma is probably going to win they have a much better they have a really good coaching staff that knows what they're doing Rattler is a very good quarterback that defense is making very slight improvements not great improvements but they are getting a little better the chemistry as a team is getting better uh they're a team that right now If I had to make a list of five teams I don't want to play, Oklahoma is one of those teams I really don't want to play, no matter what. There's just something scary about that team that just says makes you go, "Uh uh-oh. They always have. They always just make you go, "Uh uh-oh, oh no. Let's not face them. Can we find a way not to face Oklahoma? They're a team that's definitely my top five for that list. George is another team like that that I don't want to play. So Oklahoma, I'm going to say wins this game by... Probably two touchdowns, maybe. Maybe 12. Maybe they get a touchdown, they kick a few field goals. Maybe, I'm going to say between like the 7-14 to range, they probably win this game. Just because I feel like I know what's going to happen. Iowa State's just going to be unable to move the ball. Brock Purdy's going to get frustrated. But I am going to be rooting hard for the Cyclones to win their first ever Big 12 title. So everybody, I am saying go Cyclones. But in the back of my head, I'm saying... Oklahoma is probably going to win this game and it they're probably going to win it comfortably probably but what do I know this is deaf Oklahoma Iowa stays a game by the way I don't think anyone should bet on nobody bet on this game nobody bet on it because even if you take the under again Oklahoma could easily they have such a good coaching staff Lincoln Riley's a genius they have a they have a lot riding on this game. They don't want to lose to Iowa State twice. I think this is just Oklahoma winning all over it. But again, go Cyclones, win your first ever Big Twelve title. Um, I'm trying to find if uh, the Army Navy games this weekend. I'm trying to just figure this one out. Uh, let's see here. If Army faces when do they face Navy? So that's my one of my. F- that might be my favorite game all year. So December 12th. Yeah, so Army-Navy is tomorrow. Let's look at the line on this one. Let's see what's going on here. So at the moment, Army's favored by seven, which is definitely uh, definitely makes sense. I mean, Army's look like the superior team. Uh, but can I tell you something about Army-Navy? Throw the records out the window. Either team can wake up and play better. Both these teams, though, if you've never watched an Army-Navy game, Please watch Army-Navy. It's the best football game from a rivalry perspective that you will see all year. In my mind, I made a list. It is the best rivalry in sports, the Army-Navy game. So watch this game. You know, these guys, uh, I've, I've heard this tagline so many times. It's the only game where the players on the field are willing to die for the fans in the stands. That's what I've heard. That's one of the taglines for it. I think it's great to watch this game and support these young men who want to serve their country. I think it's a great game, and I always do my best to watch it. I will not be able to watch it, unfortunately. Sadly, this weekend I can't watch it, but I am going to do my best to at some point see the highlights and definitely get a kind of a vibe at what this game was like and what the atmosphere was like because there's no better atmosphere in sports, you can argue, than this game. Besides maybe some European soccer, but whatever. We can get into that later. Last part of the episode. Darn, this one's going longer than usual. I don't like that, but I'm going to wrap it up here. So there's been some coaching things that have been going on. So number one, people aren't sure if Gus Mel's on at Auburn's getting fired. Personally, I don't think he is. But there seems to be so many rumblings about him leaving. Everyone says it who watches SEC football and kind of has a feel for that conference that Auburn's one of the toughest jobs. I think there's not a better guy than Gus Melzon available at the moment. I don't know who you'd hire. So if you do want the absolute truth, if Auburn gets rid of Gus who what are you going to do? Get Will Muschamp? I don't know what they're going to do without Gus Melzon. So Auburn, I don't think they're genuinely firing their coach because I don't see a better option. Unless they're giving Urban Meyer a billion dollars, which isn't happening because Texas already tried that. Texas went after Urban Meyer, apparently. Uh, He was in Austin. He didn't get the job. Apparently, he doesn't have interest in it. Uh, So, if you're a Texas fan, I guess you got to hope that Urban Meyer's retired. And if you're not a Texas fan, I guess you're like, I I guess it's good he didn't go to Texas because he'd probably make them Alabama-esque. Also... Apparently urban Meyer. This is what I've heard from another show like other shows are kind of mentioning that he'd only take certain jobs I don't know if there's a better job money wise than Texas or resource wise So I don't know what urban Meyer is looking for but whatever he's looking for It's obviously a boatload of money something a lot more than whatever Texas was going to give him and also Whatever Texas was offering resource wise to recruit as a program. He definitely wanted more South Carolina, this is where it gets personal for me South Carolina. We hired Shane Beamer uh, Here is what I don't understand, and here is what I have to say confuses me. Now, I'm not rich. I don't know as much football as most people who cover the sport. I don't know as much as people who cover the sport. Okay, I mean that. I don't know as much about football as people who run South Carolina. The people who run South Carolina, they probably know more about football than I do. Especially because the athletic directors, the presidents, they know more than I do. But here would be my one question for them. If I was given a microphone right now and asked. Why would you fire Will Champ and cause all this instability within the team? At this point. If Shane Beamer, with all due respect to him, is a guy we could have got whenever we wanted. Okay, so... If we wanted Shane Beamer at the end of the season, we could have got him and fired Will Muschamp. Why did we fire Muschamp in the middle of the season when we could have waited it out and just fired him now? Got Shane Beamer? I mean, if you made your decision, that's fine. A decision's a decision. And if those were his last games, oh well. Maybe you were scared he was going to play good and beat Missouri. But to tell you the truth, I don't think that was ever going to be a problem. But... Let's just let's just look at this reasonably. Shane Beamer was not getting another job. I've heard nothing about him getting another job. And like Billy Napier, the coach of Louisiana Lafayette, I don't know if he was the right move. I don't know if he really wanted to come here. I don't know if he had any interest. He obviously had an interview I heard, but who knows if he even liked what he was offered. Maybe he wasn't given the... XYZ he needed to be successful, so he thought, I'll wait for a better job, which to be fair, South Carolina has never been a great job, and if you're a Gamecock fan and you say that it's a great job, and the Gamecocks are my team, by the way, in case you know, in case someone who's listening doesn't know this, the Gamecocks have never been good, so we have no right as South Carolina fans to think that we can get a top-tier coaching candidate, but what I don't get is another guy we could have maybe looked at was Jamie Chodwell. For Coastal Carolina. Maybe he didn't want this job though. Which is very honestly. Brutally honest on his end. If he said he didn't want this job. Because good for him. If you can look someone in the eye. And turn down a lot of money. Good for you. But. We could have got Beamer whenever we wanted. And the fact. That we waited. I I just don't get the firing of Will Muschamp. We could have kept him. Kept some more stability within this team. Kept recruiting going I guess. But. Oh, well, I guess we, we made our decision. We got Shane Beamer. I liked his press conference. He seems like he knows how to recruit this area. And why I say this area, I mean the area of South Carolina. He seems he's a good people person, which I mean, every coach kind of has to be. If you're not a good people person, you're probably going to be coaching in the NFL, not college football, because in college football, you got to impress people with millions of dollars. Uh, I mean, I don't hate the hire. I'm just confused why the hire happened now. I, unless you were, sh- you know what I mean? Unless you were sure that you were going to get Billy Napier or you were going to get Chadwell, I don't understand why you were so aggressive with this firing, angering so many people within the South Carolina fan base. Sorry, sorry, not angering people within the South Carolina fan base. I mean the players and causing all these opt outs. It just doesn't make sense to me. If you can make better sense of it than I can, then you're just smarter than me, but even from a recruiting perspective, it puts so many kind of recruits we have coming in the future in jeopardy because of these moves. I just, I don't know. I would have done it differently, but that's why I'm sitting here talking to this microphone and those South Carolina guys who run that program are making millions off of me buying their sweaters. So, oh well. Everyone, listen to 3rd and 10, the other show I do on football. Uh, we've got a fun podcast going there. You should definitely listen to it. I will be back in a few weeks to cover what happens in the championship games and what the 25 is going to look like, uh, like the top 25, the playoff. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, God bless, praise Christ. Hope you have a good day. Put the closing music in in one sec. And, uh, yeah, if I have one thing to say again, watch Army-Navy. <laughs> Just listen to Ben Tormer's Club Sports and Entertainment Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you listen again. Until then, God bless, praise Christ, and thank you for listening to the show.